Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we will be discussing an article from the December issue of the Beef Watch Newsletter titled Cornstalk Residue Grazing with Weaned Calves, Dry Pregnant Cows, or Pears. What supplementation do they need? To discuss this topic, I'm joined by several of the authors, Dr. Carla Wilkie, Dr. Mary Janowski, and also Dr. Casey McCarthy. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having us. Well, this article I think is very timely for most of the state. Corn's out now and we're seeing cattle out on corn stalks. With that in mind, I think there's a lot of questions sometimes around what do cattle need on corn stalks in terms of supplementation. Let's start with first dry cows. I'm thinking here of primarily spring calving cows, March, April type calving cows. They do not have calves on them now. What do those cows need as we think about turning them out on corn stalks? So really the dry pregnant cow has the, the lowest requirements at any stage of her production cycle. So this is a very easy animal to maintain out on corn stalk residue um, because they really don't need supplementation, um, so to speak. So Obviously, if, as we put them out there, it depends a little bit on the amount of forage that's available to them, the condition that they are in before they go there, and any weather conditions that they might encounter. But really, they should be able to maintain, if they're in a body condition score of moderate, you know, five to six, when they go out there, they should not really need supplementation. And that's, that's based on a research study um, that was done over a five-year period at the University of Nebraska. So as we think about things that might change that, obviously, if we have cows that came out of the drought this summer, uh, maybe they're in a lower body condition score than a five, maybe they're down in a four, and we really want those cows to pick up some condition, what might be the advantage of providing a little supplementation right now to do that? So then this would be a really good time for that cow to put on some weight with that supplement because her need for maintenance um, would be low. And early in the grazing season on the corn stalk residue, there's lots of available um, leaves and husks and some downed corn, the really good parts um, are available up front. So a lot of times early in the season too, we may not have really bad weather. And so she's not fighting mud conditions, those kinds of things. So if she's thin, a little supplement right now could really help her um, put on some extra condition that you might want her to have going on into the colder parts of winter. One of the things I think that's a little bit of a challenge with grazing corn stalks, and you already mentioned this, Carla, is early on, the quality can actually be very high. You know, they're picking up down corn, uh, leaf and husk. As those cows continue to graze through the winter, if we're not moving them to fresh stalks, the quality of their diet's declining. While this is also simultaneously, if we're thinking about a February, March type calving cow, when her nutrient requirements are really starting to ramp up, especially after the first of the year. What are some things we need to pay attention to with that as we think about corn stock quality and stage of production for that cow? So 
when that cow is in her second trimester of pregnancy and she doesn't, she's not nursing a calf any longer, that's when her nutrient needs are the lowest. When she gets into that third trimester, and as you said, you know, she may be having that calf in February, then end of December, she may be in her third trimester. And so now the, um, the quality of that if she's not being moved constantly to fresh um, corn stalks on a rotation plan, then what's out there can be much lower for her. And as her needs start to increase, then um, that may be a place to watch her body conditions for and see if supplementation is necessary for her. So I'll chime in here as well, because I think um, there's a couple things you can do. One of which is Carla just mentioned rotation. And so we talk about um, the fact that the best stuff in the field gets selected for first. And so we think about the increasing requirements. This might be an opportunity for somebody to think about having maybe higher stocking density of cows in a field and maybe moving to a new field later in the winter um, so that they have a little bit higher uh, quality forage uh, going into that late gestation. That works well, uh, assuming that you don't have a situation where weather inhibits you from grazing, right? And you don't actually make use of, of that extra field, as well as assuming that um, you have high enough uh, stocks and you have the stock direction that's not going with the wind. So you don't lose a lot of that husk over the winter with wind. I, I say that because husk is the number one thing we really need to be paying attention to when we're out grazing. Husk is Next to, of course, the any downed corn, husk is the most energy-dense feedstuff they have out there. And so I monitor husk as a way of knowing where I think I'm at with the plain and nutrition uh, for cattle grazing stocks. When husk starts becoming harder to find, uh, it's time to move or it's time to start providing some other feedstuffs because the nutrition that's out there now is fairly low. And, and I would say the other thing to be monitoring in addition to what's in the field is the body condition score of the cows. And so if we are scoring them on a one to nine scale, that makes about a five, a moderate um, cow. And in the wintertime, when she gets a lot of hair on her to help with the winter coat, it, that can mask some of that um, actual body fat cover that you're evaluating. And so... Um, we need producers to be very careful to evaluate the brisket area, the uh, first ribs there, uh, any fat cover over the front ribs, um, tail head, those kinds of things. Monitor that to make sure those cows are not slipping um, down to a four or even a three because um, that's what gets us in trouble sometimes. We've talked about the dry cow. Now let's talk about cow-calf pairs grazing corn stalks. And this is something I think we're increasingly seeing producers use across Nebraska. At least that's my perception. I don't have any data to support that, but I think we're seeing a lot more cow-calf pairs now grazed on corn stalks. And when I'm thinking here, I'm thinking about late spring calving cows, maybe May, June, July calving cows, people leaving the calves with the cows, going to corn stalks with those and also we're seeing, I think, an increase of fall calving or late summer calving pairs. I'm thinking here, August, September, October, specifically in parts of the state where they have an abundance of crop residue, but maybe don't have access to very much pasture. 
grazing cow-calf pairs in the fall and winter when they have that readily available resource and then maybe having a dry cow go to pasture in the spring really fits their availability of feed much better. Talk through with us, what do we need to be paying attention to as we think about pairs on corn stalks? So Aaron, the, the big key thing we need to think about here with our lactating cows is that lactation demand. So lactation is gonna increase our energy requirements in those cows pretty substantially. And so uh, depending on if we're working with our, our summer calving cows or our fall calving cows, uh, that time of peak lactation is, is gonna shift a bit. So if we wanna target some of the, those summer calving cows, these girls have gone through that breeding season. And so now we're, we're moving into to that second stage of gestation. So we're still nursing that calf. And so we'll, we'll need to consider meeting those energy needs for lactation. And then also thinking about uh, implementing supplementation uh, of a, an energy source to help with that cow. And um, that calf is gonna start consuming some of that supplement as well uh, to, in addition to that milk that they're consuming. As we think about the fall calving cow, and I'm thinking here of an August, late August, September calving cow, as we record this, she's being bred right now. And so plain of nutrition and what's occurring there is pretty critical for her. What do we need to think about if we're thinking about a supplementation? How much do we need to supplement a cow that's being bred on corn stalks right now to make sure that she's in a plane of nutrition where fertility is optimized? Absolutely. So these fall calving cows are, are moving on to corn residue and we're, we're nearing that peak lactation just prior to breeding. And so this is where her energy needs are going to be greatest. And we want to make sure that we're supplementing those, those cows uh, with an energy supplement to help those uh, demands for lactation. And then ultimately make sure that we're in uh, a positive energy balance moving into to breeding. And so when you, you do the math, looking at how much they're consuming in, in stocks, supplementing roughly about eight pounds of distillers per pair uh, should meet those energy demands for that cow and also um, that calf that she has out there uh, during breeding. So I think for some of our listeners, they might be thinking eight pounds. My goodness, that sounds like a lot. And it, it is, but as we think about also the protein requirements of that cow, you mentioned she's at peak lactation. So that's a pretty high protein demanding uh, activity for her biologically. And also we've got this calf at side, which is getting some milk, which is high in rumen undegradable protein that or bypass protein. But that's really important as well as we think about the protein source that those cows are getting to making sure that they're getting their requirements met as well. Yeah, so Aaron, I, I'd chime in. The two most common questions I get from producers who have fall cows and they want to go onto stocks is, can I use a lick tub or can I feed alfalfa hay? And as you might imagine, Casey just said, we need eight pounds of distillers to meet that cow's requirement. If you think about a lick tub, and most are going to eat two pounds a day of something that's not as high as energy as distillers is. And it's also, uh, it might be as high a protein, but it's going to be a different source of protein. It's all going to be rumely degradable protein and not bypass protein, which that cow needs as early lactation. 
So the lick tubs just don't meet the needs. If you think about alfalfa hay, uh, you can do it, but you need alfalfa hay that has to be fairly good quality plus corn and you're going to need to feed so much that really them being out on stocks is is really kind of almost besides the point it it's providing very little of their nutrition their diet is really alfalfa hay and corn so um distillers is is a great package because it's high energy it's high protein and it's high bypass protein so it just works so well for lactating cows out on stocks and, and I think there are times when you, maybe they stay out there because that's a good place for them to be, that a diet of, you know, some other hay and some corn or some silage in that or some beet pulp if you're in the West or something like that can become a diet that is maybe more diet than supplement for them to leave, for them to be able to stay out there because you don't really have anywhere else for them to go. And that works. Um, but you just have to really be cognizant of the amount of protein and energy that, that you have to provide that pair. And remember that that calf is starting to eat a good chunk of that feed, uh, as he, as he grows, um, a study that Mary and I have going, uh, right now, would indicate that that nursing calf is is still already eating nine pounds of dry matter before he's a weaned of weaned age before he's 200 days old so you know again watching that condition on everything is important one thing i want to clarify here a little bit we were talking about fall calving cows so maybe a cow that starts calving the 20th of august you know that puts her uh, initial breeding date somewhere around november 1st you know that's really the peak demand. Now let's back up a little bit and talk about a late spring born calf, maybe a May, June born calf that's on the cow and talk about that cow's needs in terms of supplementation, because really it is different. And that cow's bred, uh, the calf's at side, we're in a little different situation there as we think about what her needs are. Yeah, so that's a great point, Aaron. So if we've got that cow uh, that's still lactating calf or maybe we're we're close to to weaning time uh now we're gonna transition into one of those lower requirement time periods for for that cow and so depending on if we're still lactating or not then we're gonna have to worry about some of those lactation needs um, but we should be able to to get enough uh dry matter out of that that residue um, and then maybe thinking about uh, a couple pounds of supplement to, to make sure that we're meeting those, those energy requirements. And this is a situation in my mind where, again, we're thinking about cow body condition score. You know, if cows are in very good condition uh, and the calves are at side, they're also eating quite a bit. So maybe we're going to feed as much as four or five pounds of dry distiller's grains and almost see that springborn calf with the cow at side on winter corn stalks is almost a background program, except the cows with the calf, right? And so that's a scenario where the calf's eating quite a bit of the distillers. Uh, the cow is, you know, still providing some companionship, maybe a little bit of milk. But as we think about the cost, that's where this really has an advantage. The other thing I would just think about there is, you know, we're watching cow body condition score. If we need to do something, we can always wean that calf and then, you know, think about providing the supplementation directly to them. And that's really where I want to transition now to you, Mary, and talking about weaned calves on corn stalks. What do we think about there in terms of supplementation 
and target as we think about calf performance. All right, Aaron, I wanted to make one comment about this idea of the summer calving cow and and you were talking about her losing condition, maybe only supplementing four or five pounds and, and still allowing her to lactate. And I think it's important to understand that that does make sense a lot of times when you think about that timing. I mean, traditionally in spring calving systems, cows are losing a bit of condition uh, over that time period uh, pre-weaning and, you know, we wean them and then we allow them to gain some condition later. And that might just make sense, right? So again, watching body condition score, but if she's in good condition going in, allowing her to slip a little bit might make the most sense. Okay, so talking about uh, growing calves on corn residue, growing calves on corn residue, whether that be a part of a background in your yearling system or a way to develop heifers can be a really low cost way to overwinter calves. Um, Again, we talk about uh, a calf's needs and and like a lactating cow, they do have quite high protein requirements. And in fact, they have high bypass protein requirements. And so again, distillers makes a great supplement. I will tell you that if you put a 600 pound calf out on corn residue, even if you graze appropriately, they cannot even maintain body weight out there without supplementation. But a little bit of supplement can go a long way. So If we think about um, grazing on corn residue, the best thing is that we can actually almost program feed. So we can kind of decide on a target rate of gain and just adjust how much supplement we provide to get there. So if I want to gain a pound a day, so let's say it's developing my heifers and I don't need a real high rate of gain, but I need them to kind of consistently gain about a pound a day to get to my mature um, you know, 60, 55% of mature body weight uh, by the time of, of uh, breeding, then pound a day, I would only need to feed about two pounds of dried distillers and of course, graze appropriately. And when I'm talking about grazing appropriately, my rule of thumb for growing calves is that I can graze two calves uh, for every hundred bushels uh, of grain in the field for a month. So basically two calves for a month for every hundred bushels of corn that came out of that field. Um, And that pretty much uses up all of uh, the husk, they eat some leaf, and then you're providing them that supplement. If I want higher rates again, and in fact, we've done some work looking at yearling systems and looking at lower rate of gain, and then counting on some compensatory growth going on to grass and, and trying to capture that. Um, and, and selling in July or September versus shooting for a higher rate of gain, like a pound and a half maybe um, during the winter and maybe not getting as much compensatory growth on the grass. We've actually found that uh, the higher rate of gain pencils out better, especially because you start looking at the cost of corn residue in many places, especially in Eastern Nebraska you know, I can get in Eastern Nebraska, 200 bushel an acre cornfield for 10 bucks. Um, so that's like eight to 10 cents uh, per uh, calf per day in uh, residue costs, which is darn cheap. Add a little supplement on there. I'm still darn cheap. Um, but if I want to gain that pound and a half, I need to supplement 
uh, somewhere around four pounds of, of dried distillers uh, per calf per day. So that's kind of the rate of gain and rate of return relative to supplementation does decrease a little bit as you get to higher rates of gain. In fact, uh, usually the most I can get out on stocks is about 1.75 to 1.8 pound a day gain, and that's feeding almost seven pounds of distillers. So that's feeding a lot of distillers. Weather is a huge factor though. So if I'm shooting for a pound a day and, and I'm doing that with my developing heifers, I still need to watch and make sure they're gaining um, where I'm targeting. If we happen to have, it's not really about cold so much as wet. If we have wet conditions, um, the amount of energy they're using uh, to maintain their body temperature tends to increase because now their, their thermal neutral temperature or the temperature at which they don't actually have to use energy to stay warm um, increases to about 50 degrees Fahrenheit. And most of the time in the winter, we're below that. So they actually start using energy if their coats are wet. So if we have a wet winter, you might have to provide more supplement to reach your targets. Uh, the, the suggestions I just gave are kind of what we see on average. Um, some years they do a little bit better. If we have, for instance, kind of a drier winter, um, some years they do a little bit worse if we have a wetter winter. We've kind of covered the whole gamut in my mind of most of the classes of cattle that we would frequently see grazing corn stalks in the winter. Anything else you'd like to highlight or key things you think producers may want to pay attention to or be aware of? as we start pulling this together and wrapping this up? Well, I think we missed one class and that is first calf heifers. So Carla was talking about those dry cows um, and, and the other class of animals you might have with those dry cows would be first calf heifers. And first calf heifers do have a higher requirement and we would suggest supplementing them. So. In fact, if, if you had developing heifers and you were going to put them on stocks, you might go and just go ahead and put your first calf heifers with them. Uh, to meet a first calf heifers requirement in that late gestation period, we really need to be feeding about three to three and a half pounds of dried distillers uh, per heifer per day. So you might think about going ahead, just putting them with your developing heifers, feed for a, a little higher rate of gain, maybe a pound and a half, and especially during that late or winter period. And then you can meet her requirements as well as, uh, as develop those heifers. And that kind of works well because you don't need to be providing supplement uh, to those dry cows. Well, thanks again for joining me today. Yeah, thank you, Erin, for having us on. Yeah, this was uh, fun to be able to talk about grazing on corn residue. I think it's a great feed resource for Nebraska. Well, for more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Wash podcast, I'd encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. At the website, you can find articles, webinars, extension circulars, and also in the Nebraska Beef Reports is several data sets looking at grazing corn stalks with different classes of cattle, looking at performance, and providing some background and information in terms of the topic that we talked about today.